Wandering Yellowstone, pairing America's oldest national park. Today, we encounter bison, geysers, moose, and more as we explore the timeless beauty of Yellowstone National Park. Now it's time for some fun, time for some dares, time for some adventures and be everywhere. Our final destination today is the top of Mount Washburn, which pretty much overlooks the entirety of the park. Let's drink up the slopes, sip past the buffalo, and stop to enjoy one of the most beautiful spots in America. With approximately 1,000 miles of hiking trails, more than 290 waterfalls, and 200 species of roaming animals, exploring and pairing beer with Yellowstone is no easy task. But as the avid nature lover Theodore Roosevelt once said, do what you can with what you have where you are. Mr. Teddy, we will do just that. I've explored Yellowstone, conducted my research, drank my beer, and am now sitting comfortably in my van, ready to share what I've learned. So, with that said, let's get into it, shall we? I pack my gear for the hike. The sun is lower in the sky than is ideal for a long, challenging hike right before a sunset, but that's all right. The beer at the summit is always the best motivator. Also, from the top, I'll be able to see the Grand Canyon of Yellowstone, the seemingly endless forest in the valley beneath, and far away, the Teton mountain range on the horizon. With all this in mind, I secure my supplies, breathe out, and take my first step towards the summit. The beer styles we are considering pairing with Yellowstone National Park today are number one, the Roche beer, number two, the American Amber Ale, number three, and finally, the Blonde Ale. The Roche beer is a German style lager brewed with smoked malt. Historically, before Daniel Wheeler's drum kiln, invented in 1818, the only real way to dry malt was over an open fire. So naturally, this caused beers to have a certain degree of smokiness to them. That was just a fact of drinking beer. Side note, actually, the drum kiln never exposes the malt directly to an open fire, hence avoids that smokiness. So when this was invented, the brewers could produce much cleaner, much more varied beers. We'll get into the fascinating history of the drum kiln in future episodes. But for now, let's talk about our friend, the Roch beer. Once commonplace, smoked beers are now somewhat of a niche style in the American beer scene, but are a welcome addition to any campfire or cookout, in my opinion. And I've actually noticed a slight increase in the breweries carrying this style, which is great. Now, it's important to know any beer can be smoked, but the Ruck beer is 
traditionally a smoked lager. The color of this smoky-eyed beer can range from light copper to dark brown. The nose on it can vary in strength, but as predicted, often can have a smoky nose to it. You can smell kind of bacon, beef jerky. It has a woody smell to it. In terms of taste, the malt character of this beer should never overpower the smokiness of the beer and vice versa. It should be well-balanced. If you feel like you're drinking a campfire or a lump of coals, something is probably wrong. It should be enjoyable and, in some ways, as I said, very drinkable. Number two, the American Amber Ale coming in at a 4.4 to 6.1 ABV, and the IBU is 25 to 45. The American Amber Ale was first used as a phrase by startup American breweries in the 1980s, but later it was accepted as a formal style name because of the popularity of the style. American Amber Ales are a solid middle ground, I'd say, between a American Pale Ale and an American Brown Ale, and is now kind of a style that's synonymous with the American craft brew revolution. You should expect when you're drinking this style, American hops, which impart a citrusy, piney note to it. You should also expect a caramel toffee character in the beer. I will say it's still more drinkable than a beer that uses a heavier malt profile. This beer is commonly paired with outside cookouts. I hope you're noticing a bit of a trend here. Finally, and not least, we have the blonde ale, commonly referred to as golden ale. At 4.1 to 5.1 ABV and 15 to 25 IBU. The Blondale is far and away one of the most approachable styles, in my opinion. It is easy drinking, looks beautiful, and perhaps most significantly, when pairing with Yellowstone at least, it's simple. A bit of sweetness with a light malt feel and often a citrus flavor accompany these blonde uh, <laughs> beauties, making it a perfect pairing post hike. And I'll go back to this. It's simple. And sometimes simplicity is all you need. Sitting down, watching the gentle flow of a river with a bull moose running towards you full speed. Perfect opportunity for a simple blonde ale. Those are our <laughs> contenders for the day. If you've never traveled into an active super volcano, Yellowstone is my official recommendation for your first time. That's right. The entire park is actually a giant volcano. The bubbling geysers, hot springs, and other geothermal activity is an indication of the churning activity below the surface. Doesn't exactly inspire confidence as you hike past them, um, but the sights are well worth the risk of a sudden violent magma death. The term supervolcano expresses an eruption of magnitude 8 on the volcano explosive index. That is 2,500 times larger than the May 18th, 1980 eruption of Mount St. Helens in Washington state. Wild. Yellowstone has had three of these eruptions in its storied past. One happened 2.1 million years ago. The other happened 1.2 million years ago, and the final 640,000 years ago. The eruption area collapsed in on itself, which created a giant crater around 1,500 square miles in area. Pretty cool to think about. Yeah. 
As I continue to ascend Mount Washburn, one thing becomes increasingly apparent. Beer and extensive cardiovascular activity don't readily mix. My breathing is labored. Beer rattles around my backpack. Beads of sweat materialize on my forehead. As a thought comes to me, nothing truly memorable is easy. I take one difficult step at a time and laugh to myself. Let's get into a brief history of Yellowstone National Park. I'll be referencing an article written by Jekyll Diaz entitled, Yellowstone Turns 150, Here's a Peek into the National Park's History. Uh, this was written for NPR. Yellowstone was established as the world's first national park on March 1st, 1872, when President Ulysses S. Grant signed the Yellowstone National Park Protection Act into law. A lot of people credit Yellowstone as the first domino in what became a movement to preserve land through the creation of national parks. Although Yellowstone is often viewed as untouched wilderness before the park's creation, tribes have long called it and the surrounding area home. In fact, hunter-gatherers were an integral part of the landscape for thousands of years. Actually, I'll point you to an article for the Smithsonian entitled, The Lost History of Yellowstone, debunking the myth that the great national park was a wilderness untouched by humans. In the show notes, you can check it out. Really interesting read if you're interested in further research. Today, the park and its sites bring in millions of visitors each year. There can be nothing in the world more beautiful than the Yosemite, the grooves of the giant sequoias and redwoods, the canyon of the Colorado, the canyon of the Yellowstone, the three Tetons. And our people should see to it that they are preserved for their children and their children's children forever, with their majestic beauty unmarred. Theodore Roosevelt. I am halfway up, I think. I, I hope. Dear God, please. As I look down at the shrinking trees, lakes, and valleys, I experience a strange mix of awe and fear-based vertigo. It's the best way I can describe it. To distract myself, my mind goes to beer. At this moment, I'm still winded. So naturally, I'm craving the simple, drinkable blonde ale. It would be exceptionally refreshing and, frankly, give me life and the courage to <laughs> get up this mountain. But one thing is increasingly apparent as I gain altitude. It's getting colder. So the toffee notes of an amber ale or the slight malty smokiness of the rock beer would hit the spot as well. I'm beginning to understand one thing. Yellowstone is anything but uniform. The extremes of temperature, uh, height, the different views are all an integral part of what makes the park so special. So I'm wondering, do I go for strict drinkability, comforting flavor, or a healthy combination of both? I ponder this as I see the first piles of snow ahead of me. 
All right. I hope you know what's coming. It's a Yellowstone rapid fire. Let's go. Number one. The park spans three states and is larger than Rhode Island and Delaware combined at a whopping 3,472 miles. Number two. Yellowstone became a park almost 20 years before Wyoming, Idaho, and Montana became official U.S. states. Number three, and I found this shocking, actually. From 1890 to World War II, visitors would come to the park and watch bears eat garbage. They even built bleachers for the event. Number four, the park is home to the largest concentration of mammals in the lower 48 states, with over 67 different mammals. Number five, this is for all you science people out there. The vibrant colors you see in the park come from trillions of microorganisms called thermophiles. They are impossible to see with the naked eye, but they love heat and provide thermal features like hot springs and geysers, their characteristic bright looks. Finally, the park has almost 2,000 archaeological sites, further proving that people have been there for a bit. Climb the mountains and get their good tidings. This is a quote from John Muir, also known as John of the Mountains or Father of National Parks. I slip on a snowbank. As I get up, I look across a valley and I see mountain goats making it look kind of easy. I see the ridge I've been hiking towards and quicken my pace. It's always easier when your goal is within sight, with a series of controlled breaths and long strides. In a couple minutes, I get there and I stop. I breathe. I look around. The low sun illuminates the tree-filled valley and the Teton Range along the horizon. The wind brings me back to the moment and cools my face. I scan the 360 degrees of indescribably beautiful scenery. I drop my camping bag. I take a seat on a rough and weathered rock and know what I'm going to drink instinctually. I reach deep into my bag and pull out a Roch beer. I take a wonderfully malty, slightly smoky, and perfect sip at the top of Mount Washburn. I know I'll get some emails about this one, <laughs> but let me explain my reasoning. For me, this was all about channeling the, the comforting aspects of Yellowstone as well as the extreme aspects of Yellowstone. The American Amber Ale was comforting with its toffee, maltier notes, but that's not necessarily what I experienced on the hike um, or exploring the rest of Yellowstone. For similar reasons, I discounted the Blonde Ale as one of my favorite, simple, crushable styles. It didn't pair well with what I feel to be the most attractive quality of Yellowstone, which is, like I said, the balance between renewing comfort and slight, and slight unpredictability. In Yellowstone, you can grill out in the morning, run for your life from a bear at two, sit down and look at one of the most beautiful sights you've ever seen at four, and by nightfall, Sit by a fire with your friends over music at night. And to me, the Roch beer just made sense. Practically speaking, a Roch beer pairs well with grilling food and is perfect around a fire. 
It's also surprisingly, and take my word for this, it's surprisingly refreshing after a hike. And I will say this. The smoky nature of the Roch beer would also very, very perfectly pair well with a sudden supervolcano explosion. Now it's time for some fun, time for some dares, time for some adventures and be everywhere. Quickly, I want to share a moment with you. After I descended the mountain, the sunset and my campsite was about an hour away. After a 40-minute drive, something really caught my eye. So I pulled over to the side of the road. I stepped out of my van and I saw a herd of bison eating in total silence underneath a full moon. To me, it's a sight I'll never forget. The beauty, unpredictability, and the rawness of Yellowstone and the subsequent national parks it inspired is one of the greatest blessings life has to offer. That and beer. Thank you so much for listening to the Beer Nomad podcast. It really does help the show tremendously if you rate, review, and subscribe wherever you're listening. Additionally, you can follow along visually at my Instagram at the Beer Nomad Van. Upon reflection, after going to Yellowstone, I'd like to encourage you if you're going through a tough time in your life, which is everyone does, get out. In nature, go for a hike wherever you are. It really does help recenter yourself in some way. Hey, maybe when you're done uh, and you're skeptical of me choosing the Roch beer, get a Roch beer somewhere. Try it out after a hike. Let me know what you think. With that said, that is it for this week. Drink good beer and be good to each other. Cheers. <laughs>